Why do so many people reject the science around COVID-19 and refuse to wear a mask or get vaccinated? Professor of Epidemiology at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, Dori Segev, thinks that dry public health messaging with a finger-wagging tone isn't exactly going to convince people. But what will? As a fan of Broadway shows, Dory has been writing parodies of songs from musicals, including Cats and Hamilton, to reach audiences that prefer TikTok and Twitter to The Lancet and New Scientist. In this episode of The Next Stage, Dory talks mask mandates, booster shots, and performs his own lockdown-inspired version of Memory from Cats. One of the biggest problems that we've seen in the last two years is a failure of messaging and a failure of reaching people and finding sort of common compassionate ground. And it's, it's the first time I've seen in medicine really a deep politicization of things that are health related. So in general, you know, when there, were, when there are health recommendations, people seek them and take them before the pandemic started. But somehow, <clears throat> through a combination of people using this crisis as an opportunity for personal growth, you know, to grow their Twitter following or to grow their political following, they use this sort of antagonistic approach. And that has fractured us to now a group of people that don't want to seek medical advice and in fact are rebelling against medical advice. And I think at this point, at least people in leadership know the science and they know what's right and what really should be done, but they're still feeding the fire of antagonism because it benefits them personally, which I think is, is uh, it's a shame. Um, but it's also a failure of us on the scientific and medical community to have not countered that early enough to, you know, render it, uh, um, to, re to render it less effective. Well, it's a good point. Let's talk about that. I mean, with so much misinformation floating around with this fault in the messaging, uh, as you point out, I mean, what is a scientist to do? I mean, when it comes to communication, getting people the facts that they need to make informed decisions, whose job is it? What, what is the role of the scientists, the medical community, governments, journalists? How, how does that break down? How do they come together to, to kind of counter this onslaught of misinformation? I mean, I think you've just hit right on it, which mm -hmm. is they need to come together. Mm -hmm. um, the traditional siloing is that if I'm a scientist, I do science and I publish in a scientific journal. And the, the paper stands on its own and the scientific community grows from that. And if it's of something you know, of broader interest, a you know, news journalist will pick up on it and will write a story about it and might call me about it, might not call me about it, but that will remain in the news silo. And then you know, it might make its way through social media and that'll remain in the social media silo. I've seen a lot more crossing over during this pandemic than I've seen in the past with regards to all of these silos. So for the first time in my career, I'm writing op-eds. We just talked about the op-ed that I wrote in the Hill about antibody checking. I mean, I, I think that, and I'm in, I, I've talked to more journalists in the past 18 months 
than I ever have before in my career. And I think, and we have each other on speed dial now. And when something happens at the FDA or the CDC, I immediately get 15 calls and we work through this and we talk about how is this, how should this be messaged? How can we improve the greater good with this instead of letting it remain fractured? And so I think we do all need to come together and the messaging needs to be strong because it needs to overcome the rampant and exhausting misinformation. You know, every time there's a new conspiracy theory, which seems like it's, well, there, there should probably be a new one now. Um, I'll it's get, half a dozen since we've been talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll get emails and people say, did you see this one? What's the science countering this? And then we have to dig up the science countering it. But it's, it's a very active and exhausting process. And probably won't end, right? I mean, this is just going to be something that's going to be a responsibility of responsible communicators going forward, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, the pandemic's not going to end yeah. anytime soon. Um, I think it will settle a little bit. We'll reach sort of a steady state. Um, there are countries like the one we're in right now that have done an amazing job, for example, with vaccination and will reach a steady state earlier because they've got buy-in to this sort of primary, most effective way of dealing with this. Um, there are other places that have not yet gotten nearly the kind of buy-in and won't reach a steady state for a very long time, if ever. So let's, let's shift away from messaging for a minute. Um, that's obviously part of the challenge, but of course, then there's the general healthcare response. Um, obviously, some countries, the world has made a lot of progress in the last 18 months, but we're not out of the woods yet. I'm curious about mandates in particular, whether for vaccinations or for masks. Some places seem to have made progress without them. In other places, they seem to have been totally necessary. When do you know whether or not you need a mandate? When are they best used? Are there, are there best practices for mandates? Well, one thing that's for sure is that mandates work. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to remember. When my rock climbing gym said, masks are strongly recommended, guess how many people wore masks? When the next day they mandated masks, everyone's in a mask. And they were just fine with it. So mandates work, vaccine mandates work. We've seen this you know, in the last few months when somebody institutes a vaccine mandate. Now all of a sudden, all of United Airlines employees are vaccinated. They weren't before. So they work. We just need to be very careful with when we use them. And I think that we, we need to think about the, the sort of societal question, right? The social contract, like, if I go in public, I have an obligation to protect others around me. That's part of the deal we make being in public and being people coming to a 43,000 attendee web summit, right? So if vaccination is one of those ways that I can demonstrate that I'm safe to be around other people, I think mandates that are hard mandates in some areas like healthcare are absolutely required. Mandates that have other ways to be dealt with. So, you know, here, if you're not vaccinated, you show a negative antigen test and it's pretty good. And that's gonna be 
you know, it's not as good as being vaccinated, but it's pretty good to show that you're reasonably safe to be around other people. And I think that when you add those, like there is a choice there for somebody. Vaccination is clearly the easiest choice, but it, at least they feel like they have a choice and that they made the choice <clears throat> to get vaccinated, even though it's effectively a mandate. But if you give people sort of an out, they're more likely actually to take the main road. Fantastic. And then briefly, what's the future look like in terms of ongoing testing, booster shots? Or do we have the right direction? Do we know the road forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be getting boosters. Mm -hmm. That's going to be an inevitability, just mm -hmm. like we get regular flu shots. This virus will mutate and will continue to haunt us for a little bit. Um, testing is getting much better, much more available, much more easily implemented, right? Here you can go outside to one of the booths, get a test 20 minutes later, you know you're safe to enter Web Summit. So I think that will help us move forward. That'll help get things under control, et cetera. It'll help protect our most vulnerable. So I take care of immunosuppressed people who don't have good vaccine responses and more testing and more wide scale availability of boosters will help protect them as well. Fantastic. So we've talked about masks, we've talked about mandates, but the title of this session is Mask Mandates and Musicals. Musicals. So when I was younger, I used to write musicals. Mm -hmm. um, and when I endeavored in medicine, I've always used sort of song and particularly parody mm -hmm. to add some humor, maybe dark humor, but some humor to situations. and. And I've done that for years. And when the pandemic started, obviously we were all stuck at home. I turned my living room into a recording studio and just started recording songs that kind of expressed how I was feeling, how we all were feeling, some of the challenges. I wrote a Hamilton parody about, you know, not throwing away your shot, which seemed to get some, some airplay. Um, but that it's been sort of my way of um, connecting emotionally with what's going on, with what we're all feeling. Which kind of brings us full circle because we talked about the, the importance of messaging early on, right? And often messaging can seem very top down. It can seem very dry in a way, sort of finger wagging. But music offers a, another way, I, I, I assume. Yeah, I mean, I could put into all of the anti-vaccine anti conspiracy theories, I shoved into one Hamilton parody and people actually played it for their family and they were like, look, the thing about 5G, that's in this rap. You should listen to this rap because it's entertaining, but it also has information. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, I understand that you're actually gonna show us what this yeah, means apparently and give they us a demonstration. set up a piano here, so I guess I might as well play it. It's the, the first time perhaps we've seen a piano on the hell stage. It's my first. All right. Big round of applause for Dory Segev. I brought my lyrics because I can't even remember my own lyrics. One. Midnight, I'm awake but so tired Don't know what day or month it is It's been such a strange year I'm on Facebook, scrolling but 
I don't know what for. All my hopes just disappeared. Memory all alone in my basement. I can dream of the old days. People hugged people then. I remember a time I knew what dating was. Let the memory live again. Every stranger just can't do the things that they require us. It won't be that long till they wear their mask wrong and pass me all the Now we're talking about boosters. Guess it's one shot a year now, but I mustn't despair. Antibodies will make this just a memory too. And we'll travel everywhere. Now I have more plants than friends. The stale cold smell of takeout. The Wi-Fi dies, another Zoom call ruined. Back to social media. Fax me, antibodies relax me. Pfizer goes in the left arm. J and J in the right. If you fax me, we can safely go out tonight. Night Summit and the future will finally be brought. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com. In the meantime, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this episode, and we'll see you next week.